0: The hook rocks with Jay Scott. And we also have a new album out. Go check out Error from the Warning. Woo!
1: everyone, welcome back. It's the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Jay Scott. Got a great show for you lined up today. Before we get into that, just gonna get into our little bit of our introduction that we usually do. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, great network of music-related podcasts. Check out some of my friends like Tom and Zeus on the Shout Out Loudcast, Martin Popoff, the rock historian, Mac and the Ugly American Werewolf in London podcast, as well as Mistress Carrie. Check out all those great podcasts and more. Follow Pantheon Pods on all social media platforms as well as pantheonpodcast.com. Follow the Hook Rocks wherever you podcast. Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you do listen to podcasts, we are available. And don't forget to set your app to automatic download and write us a review if you're so inclined. We've had some wonderful guests over the last month or so. Joe Satriani, Mark Tremonti, Todd Damock-Hearns. We just had Stephen Percy. We've had some great New music spotlights with Band Inc, MTR Project, Stone Broken, and Native Sons, as well as some great music commentary. As well, so check all that out and more. And we've got a great interview, great discussion lined up for you today. It's a band or a member of a band. I've been wanting to interview for a while now, and I finally got the opportunity. We've got a new great album out in 2022 that was just released at the beginning of June, and I'd like to welcome in. Brandon from the band Crobot. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, hey, Jay. How's it going? It's going good, man. Thank you very much for doing this. Like I said, I've been wanting to have you on the show here for a while. And uh, now with the new album that you have out, it's uh, as good as time as any to uh, to get you this. The new album, Feel This, released on June 3rd, in 2000, or earlier this year. And uh, I want to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you about the band. Very cool. Very cool. Appreciate so we have me on the show. Absolutely. So we always start the same way every time we have a first time guest. And that's really the essence of the show. Just like every rock song has a hook that sucks you in, every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked you on rock and roll. What was it for you? Oh, man. I remember my very first concert that I ever went to.
0: Um, I think I was like 12 or 13 years old. Um, and it was Typo Negative and Lacuna Coil. And, um, I went with, with one of my uncles took me and just, I just got to experience the way he tries to experience the show. And that's like, hang out all day and try to, you know, shake the hand of the the artist you're going to see, or, you know, really, really just, uh, submerging yourself in the try to, you know, the, the backstage, um uh, portion of the show and just, you know, making it, making it a real, uh. Uh, a thing and a ritual, so to speak. So uh I saw Lacuna Coil tear it up on stage. Um uh, been a fan ever since. And of course Type One Negative, just such an amazing band, an amazing live band. Uh as well. I watched the monster of Peter Steele rip his bass strings off of his bass to end the night uh and drink an entire a uh, jug of wine during the show so it was uh, it was quite the thing to see as a as a 12 year old but my mind was blown uh,
1: you know and I I've been I've been hooked on live music ever since was it was that your gateway into rock and roll or was that your gateway into wanting to be a fan or both um you know I don't think I
0: was quite in the headspace of you know actually Uh, well you know what i'm thinking actually at this point in time i think it was maybe a little later in my years now that i think of it because i think i was playing guitar so i would have had to probably been like 15 years old um so i was probably thinking about playing and and you know connecting those dots for sure but i think more so um it was my my introduction to to live music you know i I started creeping around record stores when I was four or five years old. Um, you know the, the the stories go that uh, I could pick out an Ozzy Osbourne record before I could even read. So um, you know I was definitely raised on a on a heavy diet of of you know the hard rock legends for sure.
1: What was that moment when you know you were thinking about it to actually wanting to do it? Was was there a Show that you saw an album, a band that came, you know, uh, in front of you that you wanted to to do this.
0: Uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of good bands coming out of the area in central Pennsylvania when I was growing up. Uh, in my teenage years, we had uh, live, we had fuel. we had, Of course, now we have Hailstorm. Um, you know, and also Breaking Benjamin at that time. Breaking Ben was, was really. Um, getting the spotlight and you know I, I saw them as, as sort of uh, I felt uh, very connected to that band um, also because I kind of turned a lot of people onto the band as, as in their infancy so I felt this extra connection uh, especially with with Break and Benjamin but I think that they were the band to kind of um, push my
1: mind into um, you know actually being in a band and playing in a band as far as writing goes, as far as songwriting, you know, there's that, I always call it the evolution of the artist, right? You know, you you start out being interested in music, you then you find your interest in rock, and then you want to be in a band, and then you're playing music with friends or, you know, other musicians. Then there comes a point where you want to write a song, and you want to write lyrics that connect with people just like you find that connection. Was there a moment, was there a song for you that in particular that... Kind of jump started that.
0: Um, you know, I always kind of tried my hand um, at, at writing, and and I, I feel like even at a young age, I was writing poetry and and things of that uh, sort. So I always kind of had this um, fascination with lyrics and, and poems, and and you know, studying the lyrics of of my favorite bands. I remember turning out sheets uh, of of lyrics and just study and then this is of course before the time of like having a phone in your pocket so all you have were the cd inserts and and uh com or whatever website uh um you're going to for for that sort of information so i just became engulfed in that world um and and i think it just it kind of found me in a way (laughs)
1: You guys have have developed a reputation as being a incredible live act. You guys just came to the Chicago area with Sasquatch here, I think, uh, two or three weeks ago, um, or maybe it was last week. You know, the, the whole time thing since COVID started has been like <laughs> it's so hard to, to to like kind of pinpoint when things have happened. But it was recent, very recent. Where does that come from with you guys? Does that come from seeing live bands that you, know, you grow up watching and and being connected with them on that level to wanting to connect with your audience? How does that that dynamic within the band you know how did that come to be
0: I think it's a little of seeing bands that um, we love and enjoy getting up there and and putting out every ounce of energy into it and I think it's also um getting out there and seeing bands not do that and feeling that from, um, the audience perspective. And, you know, I say it all the time, but first and foremost, I started out as a fan of music and I I will always end as a fan of music. Um, but I think that kind of keeps our ability of perspective in check, you know, to be able to see things from the audience. And, and I think we just, we, we just put on the show that we would want to see. Um, and i think it's just just watching bands like uh the refused and and you know bands like like foxy Shazam i remember seeing uh that band um just perform and just have, be no holds barred when it came to to uh you know setting the stage on fire they needed to so i think you know seeing that that in a in a live atmosphere um you know i i definitely carried that that stuff with me but i think more so than anything, uh, I think it, just the serendipitous moments that we've had as a band where in the crowds of 15 people, there was that one person that, um, you know, has, has now been with us for say 10 years and has been a part of the team. And, and, you know, you just, you just, the philosophy is you never know who is going to be in the audience, no matter how many number of people are out there. And, and, you know, you could, you could gain, uh, any fans in any amount of, of Crowds, so we just try to play every show as if it were a laugh.
1: You got the new album out, Feel This. Uh, prior to that, you had the EP Rat Child, and then before that, Mother Brain. You guys have released a lot of music over the last few years, and even during a time where it, you know people didn't really know what to do in terms of releasing music and, and you know what to do what was the thought process of feel this was this recorded during the pandemic? Was this ready to go during the pandemic and you decided to hang out to it a little bit longer?
0: Um, I think we, we always start the process um, pretty much immediately after um, we release an album. We just, we just get back on the horse and start writing again. So, um, you know, after the, the release of, of mother brain, I think we were already starting to think about um, what, what, we wanted to work towards for a a mound of material for the next record. Uh, But certainly COVID had lent a lot more time spent with these songs and being able to, um, you know, really see them through and, and, you know, see the journeys and and where we could take it differently in some um, parts of the songs and, and just kind of, you know, destroy and rebuild and repeat. You know, we have certainly had a lo- a lot more time for that than we usually would, uh, especially given how much we tour. Um, but for uh, I think we recorded uh, July of last year, I want to say. So you know, we've been sitting on this material for almost a year, and and have been playing it live. I think maybe just as, just as long, uh, if not longer, because uh, we're. We're certainly not the band to shy away from trying new material live, um, and that's you know to us that's the ultimate test. Being being so uh, heavily driven towards uh, the stage and what we do on it, I think you know that that's the ultimate test for the song. So,
1: what was that like for you? The difference of going into the studio and you know maybe having a deadline when something has to be done to having more of a relaxed environment um, where you could kind of take your time with the music um
0: you know it definitely uh took the pressure off but at the same time i think we kind of kept the pressure on because
1: nobody really knew
0: what was happening uh we kind of took things on a day-to-day basis really i mean there were i remember having i want to say three or four tours booked that we ended up having to postpone and, and cancel um that we just sort of uh, booked preemptively, uh, in the thought process of, Hey, you know, if, if things get, uh, if things start to look better, we want to be ready and prepared. So we were kind of always, uh, hovering our foot over the gas pedal, if you will. Um, so that was always in the back of our mind but, um, and I think that kind of led, led us to continuing the pressure on ourselves to, to write and, and, you know, keep it, maintain a deadline. Um, and that, that unknown, you know, certainly went into studio as well, because you know, we weren't, as you know, we weren't able to really get together, um, with a, you know, outside the people in your, your circle for a pretty long time. So, um, the same could be said about, said about, uh, you know, moving studio time. So, so we kept the heat on, but, um, it was really, uh, looking back, it, it definitely, Um, you know, really opened things up for us to just be able to uh, write more material and have a bigger batch of of things to work with. Um, You know, but when when it came time to recording this stuff, uh, we still certainly kept the pressure on. And um, I think we were scheduled in the studio for like 22 days and ended up uh, recording 16 songs in that time period. So, it was an intense period of time, actually, the, the recording process, but the writing, re- writing process was, was definitely a little more relaxed, and, and that was very
1: beneficial. When you record that many songs you know, during a session, what do you do with that material that doesn't make the album? Is it something where you know, you're going to put out maybe another EP with, with that material, or is, is that just stuff that wasn't ready to be put out? How do you make that, those decisions? What goes into that?
0: Um, usually we, we like to record a few extra songs, you know, for some exclusives. Um, and we always have been a fan of deluxe editions of, of records and, and at some point releasing those B-sides, because it's interesting, again, as for us as fans of music, we, we love hearing the songs that didn't make the record. Sometimes those are our favorite songs from our favorite artists. So, um. You know, we we try to do the same and, and give give people what we would want. And um, you know, when we have sixteen songs at the end of the session, we want to make sure that sixteen songs eventually get
1: released. I look at the albums that have been released this year and last year during 2020 that were recorded during the pandemic as kind of time stamps for each band. You know, diary entries, if you will for each band that has gone through this and had their creative process maybe disrupted. When you look at this album and, you know, obviously it was recorded during a time when people were dealing with kind of everything out there. Did that affect your creative process? How do you view that album versus the other albums that came before it? Uh, It definitely affected things
0: and, you know, whether consciously or subconsciously, I'm sure, Um, what, what I went through during that period of time, I'm sure found its way into the lyrics somehow, but, uh, you know, on the whole conceptually, it's not anything that's, you know, geared towards a a pandemic or dealing with anything at that, you know, that we, that we just got done dealing with. But I will say that it made us think in terms of, you know, Hey, everybody's at the same point right now. Everybody's, you know, at, at home and, and I'm sure all these bands are writing, and, you know, it's it a very depressing time and we, we try to be the antithesis, um of, of maybe what's, what's current and, uh, uh, you know, we looked at it as a unique opportunity to, to maybe look on the bright side of things it, as hard as it might have been at that period of time. I think we were already looking ahead to, uh, you know, songs like, like Better Times is definitely a song about, Um, getting back into the swing of things of going to see shows and, and, uh, you know, that, that's, you know, going out into, in the big groups and, and, you know, in the the concert setting. So I think it was definitely a a a thought process, but in a, in a positive way. And I think that we tried to, you know, hold on to, um the, the the happiness of the future. Uh, and that's more or less what the COVID influence
1: was on the record. Did you guys find yourself, you know, wanting to go more into that positive side because of everything? I mean, there's that, there's that pendulum, right? You know, you're dealing with, with all these things. You're seeing all these images and now you're creating and it's easy to get kind of sucked into that pull of what's happening out in the world and have that affect what your perspective is and how you reflect on things but was there more of a conscious effort in the band and you writing lyrics to kind of, you know, get away from that?
0: Um, you know, I, I tend to like to leave things very open-ended and very vague in the sense that, you know, anybody can kind of form their own um, understanding and opinion about like what the songs, what the songs are about. And I definitely tried to do that on, on this record as well. But I think, you know, conceptually speaking, uh, lyrically, it's, Now, the records tend to find their way in in a story arc, and this one was no different. And I think that, you know, COVID lent us a lot of time to reflect and really think about who we are as, as people and what, you know, our values and morals are and things that are important to us. And some things maybe that we've taken for granted that, um, you know, when you get the rug pulled out from under you, uh, and you can't have certain things, um, you know, whether willing or unwillingly, it kind of makes you think about whether or not certain things are important to you and, and how, you know, your homeostasis is affected by, by a need for some of these things. Like, you know, for instance, me personally, I love to play music and I love to play music in a live setting and not having that for as many years as we did. Um I don't think I've ever gone that long without performing uh, since I started playing guitar in my young teenage years. so it was really interesting to kind of reflect on that and I think the lyrics kind of uh, and the story arcs of the songs kind of worked their way into you know those those roads of like who am I as a person what what kind of things um, mean the most to me and what have I taken for granted and what does it mean to be a human? Um, you know, what are the elements of, of strengths and weaknesses in, in being a human? And, you know, even, even furthermore, like what, what would another species if they were to uh, write the encyclopedia on the, the human species, what, what, what sort of things would, would be in there. So, uh, you know, conceptually definitely found me reflecting uh, in COVID times on myself.
1: When you are going through the, the, you know, trying to find that buzz you get when you play live, you know, trying to find that that adrenaline and trying to find something that matches that experience that you, you may not be able to find it. Maybe you can. What was, you know, how, how did you compensate without having that? how the band compensate without having that, um, in their lives for for an extended period of time?
0: Well, I think we try to, you know, tiptoe and balance, um, writing and, and performing. And, and, you know, half of what we do is writing, half of what we do is performing. So the scale just got a little skewed to one side. And we put all of our energy into writing and recording. And, and, you know, uh, I also had found myself in some unique opportunities, um, with some other things, you know, such as like, uh, Charlie from Anthrax giving me the call to do like the rush songs um, that we did and, and things of that nature. So I think just performing things as if it were live, um, you know, kind of setting yourself up for the challenge of, of, you know, trying to be a, a, a one, one take pony <laughs> and, you know, we're, we're almost making a game out of uh, recording to make it like a performance, um, you know, just, and it's 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 all performing at, at the at the end of the day, um, you know. It's just that disconnect from a, from a live audience. Um, you know, that's that's the best drug out there, and not having it was was certainly uh, you know a void to fill. So I think the writing process and and being so intense in um, how we approach the writing process, I, I think. Certainly did the the best that it could at filling that void,
1: but nothing nothing will quite ever fill the void of performing live. What's the plans for the band for the rest of the year?
0: Um, we're just going to be touring the wheels off uh, the van, and um, you know, with a, with every new record comes a, a new touring campaign. So we're excited to get out there and uh, start touring again. We're we're going to be hitting the road and bouncing around the U.S um in the late summer early fall and then heading overseas with airborne and blues pills um uh, to round the year out from
1: thanksgiving to christmas so it would be a busy rest of the year when because you guys tour a lot when you guys you know have an album you know what. You know, obviously going over to Europe is, is, is great for, for you guys, you know, expanding your audience, but when you get into that kind of tour mode after an album, are you trying to find markets that you haven't played yet? Is that what you, you know, at this point in the band, or do you know the markets that you are successful in and you kind of want to stay, you know, kind of inside that?
0: Um, I think we're always looking for opportunities to be in front of a, a new audience, um, you know, we think about that a lot when we're uh, trying to find support slots, or, or you know, going out with other bands. Uh, we definitely like to take into consideration on uh, trying to get to new places. And and to be honest, everything's new. Um, you know, coming out of the gate of of dealing with the pandemic, you know, everything has been on pause, and and unfortunately, you know, a lot of places that we have played before um, didn't make it through the pandemic, um, unfortunately. So. You know, there there almost has to be some new places that we play. Um, but, but certainly, we like to take um, every opportunity to be in front of a new audience.
1: Well, Brandon, it's been a blast. I do appreciate you coming on and doing this. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, no problem, Jay. Thanks for having me. All right, everyone, that's Brandon from the band Crobot. Get their new album out feel this out earlier in the month of June. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks. Take care of each other. Stay
2: safe. We'll talk soon. Thanks.